Hey, what up, Flowies? It's time for another edition of the ITF Flowcast. So uh, this week we have an interview with Chris Hartley. Um, he is a longtime Flowmy. Uh, he's contributes a lot. I'm sure you often see his posts. Um, and the reason why I wanted to talk with him, he he actually reached out to me. Um, there was a, a recently a post about ADHD um, that I had made, and there was a really good conversation that was going on back and forth. There was a lot of things that were said. Um, but he wanted to come on, come on and share his view since he is someone who has had ADHD. He's known he's had it since he was younger, and he just shares a lot about his struggles. He shares a lot about the, the misunderstandings that a lot of people have with ADHD, but also he talks about the strengths that come with that and how he's actually used that to help his business. It actually kind of formed his desire to become a window cleaner and, and be a, a, a person who owns his own business and have that control over his environment um, that uh, he, he wanted to help him as he navigated, you know, a world uh, that you know, doesn't have a lot of ADHD people in it. So he just really, it's, it's, it's a little bit longer interview than we normally do. Um, and I just wanted to, to play out because his expressions are really important. And I think it helps us as a whole to be more understanding to people with ADHD. So anyway, let's listen in uh, as I talk with Chris Hartley. Hey, Flomies, it's time for another edition of the ITF Flowcast. We are so happy to have Chris Hartley with us. How are you doing, Chris? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Thank you so much for joining us. I know we had a, uh, it was a little challenge for us to make the time to get together, but I'm glad that uh, you were able to to, uh, sit down with me and uh, we can talk a little bit about your uh, being a window cleaner. But first off, I just want to mention, for those of you who don't remember, uh, Chris was one of our recipients of the Flow Me of the Year Award. Uh, we really appreciate everything uh, that you do for the for the group. Thank you. So how did you feel when you won it? What was your what was your thinking? Um, it was good. It like because realistically, none of us have met each other. So, yeah. you know, it's all you could say Internet strangers. So, yeah, yeah. um. So, like, to get outside recognition was was really big. Um, just because, well, as as we know, like, being a business owner, people mm-hmm. don't necessarily know or understand, especially people who don't don't run their own business. Yeah, understand the challenges that uh, you know that we face and that we we con we conquer every day. Yeah. Um. So, like, to get the outside recognition was was huge. Um, and it also helped restore some wind in my sails when I needed wind in my sails Nice. at the same time. So it was, it was a really big, you could say pre window season pick me up, you could say, right. Excellent. Excellent. So when I needed, when I actually needed it the most. So, so you are in Canada. Where, where are you in Canada? Exactly. I'm, lo- I'm located in Spruce Grove, Alberta, okay. which is, no one really knows where Spruce Grove is, but everyone seems to know where Calgary is. If, oh, yeah. you go three, if you go three hours north of Calgary, there's Edmonton, so the capital of Alberta. Mm-hmm. And then if you go another 15 minutes west, that's where I am. I'm a smaller city, um, and I service the greater Edmonton area, Spruce Grove, and a smaller town called Stony Plain. And um, I live in like a giant county, so I do a lot of rural properties as well. Gotcha. So. Um, I'm willing to really kind of go anywhere. It's, it's part of the game. It's fun. Yeah. Drive. Sometimes it's hard driving like an hour out to a house, an hour back, but then oh. at the same time, I don't know what I'm going to see. Right. Like, um, I've seen just the the wildlife is amazing out here. So wow. 
Yeah, so no, it's uh, it's a pretty big area that I service, and I'm by myself, so it's it can be challenging some days. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. bet. Now, how did you decide to get into window cleaning? Was this something you just fell into, or did you see a need and wanted to fill it? Well, I started back in two thousand. When did I start? Two thousand. I want to say two thousand ten. Okay. Um, I was living in Whistler, BC at that time mm-hmm. and incredible, incredibly expensive place to live. Number one, number two, I had a lot of bills. Um, I was working tourism, not making a ton of money. Winter was okay. The summer, unfortunately, mountain biking is the best job you could ever have, but it just wasn't covering the bills. Right. <laughs> at all. So, um, so I, I had to pick, a paycheck and one of my really good friends he was a window cleaner for a few years at this stage he was working in whistler and working for um a company there and he's like well why don't you i could try to get you a job so i had the interview and i started and that's really kind of where it started and at at the start it was just to pay bills and to get Mm -hmm. by um because again like in a town like whistler and resort towns you have to be willing to do really anything and anything to get a paycheck and and to keep that roof over your head one way or another right um whether it's a high paying job or low paying job right like if it's a paycheck it's a paycheck so in that town at some at some stages i was working up to three jobs at a time and i was I was burning out, right? Like just, just trying to get a roof over my head and sustain it and, um, you know, live up to some expectations as well. Right. So, um, you could say window washing was that first, um, you know, first taste of freedom in a sense. Right. So, um, I'm still in touch with that company owner and, uh, this individual, I'll give him a shout out. His name is Alex. Um, He's he's still a window cleaner, but he isn't. He he's taking a step away from the industry, but I hope to see him back in the industry at some stage because he right. is he is a really good cleaner and he's um he's really talented and has a really strong work ethic, which really goes a long way in our industry, right? Sure. So um so for now he's he's taking a break, but I hope to see him back one day in, in the industry. So, well, I mean, I, I know, and we've talked about this a little bit, um, but you, you know, with it being up so, so far in Canada, you, you snow is an issue, right? So you shut yeah. down for how, how many months of the year are you unable to work or at least window, uh, well, window cleaning work, I should say. Yeah. It, when the, the window cleaning season, it fluctuates by a month or so on another end of the season. Um, but traditionally, my, I try to start my spring in March when there's still snow and ice on the ground. March through April is the tricky months where mm. it's trying to be spring, but it's not quite not sure quite what it wants to do. <laughs> um, so, you know, the benefit is longer days at least, but the days may not be warm. Um, but usually then I could start doing, you know, some jobs like construction cleans, mm-hmm. um, in houses that just sit empty for months. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I try to do those or other jobs where this year I restructured it a little bit where I only did one construction clean. Um, and then I put in a condo unit, which I posted up on into the flow that I did 50 plus individual condos inside wow. and out by myself. Nice. Um, 
for the month of April because I don't need a ladder and I don't have to wait for the ground to thaw on that one. Uh And if it's in around freezing mark, um, I can still wash as long as it's only, you know, five or so five to six degrees below freezing without wind chills. Wind chills aren't fun to wash. So, (laughs) um, so, so yeah. So like it, it, March, April start. And then usually October is the end. Um, I have pushed it into November, but it is, it gets, it start as it gets colder and colder, it gets dicier and dicier. Um, you know, lighting liquid on the ground could freeze or on buildings. Um, yeah. the squeegee rubber becomes stiffer, less forgiving. It's easier mm-hmm. to streak. Um, not only that, but also the big one is, well, two big ones, um, because of environmental concerns, it's harder to control the out, the end product. Mm. And for me, I feel like as I'm struggling, can I guarantee what I like for quality? Mm-hmm. So when that big question mark is there, then that's when I start thinking, okay, it's time to end it. But the other one is safety and fatigue. Um, sure. Come October, I'm exhausted. I don't want to go up ladders. <laughs> um, you know, we've all been there, right? Where yeah. we we're just running a marathon for weeks and months on end. And, um, you know, when you're tired of fatigue, that's when an accident is going to happen. And, um, like I'm a, as a, this sounds weird, but as a window cleaner, I'm actually afraid of heights. Oh. I'll go up ladders, I'll go on ropes, um, I'll go on swing stages. I have been on one swing stage and zoom booms. I, I stay away from high rise, um, but uh, I can work. I well, it's my friend Alex and the first company I worked for on Whistler that. They didn't help me get over my fear, but they helped me respect the height that I was working at. And they gave me the training to how to approach it. Right. Mm-hmm. And now did we push the envelope with 30 and 40 foot ladders? Oh yeah. 100%. Like old school yeah. window watching tactics yeah. in the town. Um, and that never did get comfortable with me, but again, we always respected the height and both of us also knew when to walk away. And those are, um, you know, those were some early lessons that were taught to me. Whereas I have, I've only learned one hard lesson once and I got lucky on that one. Right. So, um, was it off on a ladder? Yeah, I was on one of those stupid folding giants. So, oh, yeah. or little giants. If so, if people are like, oh, little giants are the best, you'll see my comment worst ladder ever. <laughs> I've got practical experience as to why they're bad. It, it basically the lock system failed on me. And um, it a I was coming off a roof, a single uh-huh. story house, and an A frame with me still in it and on it. I ended up crashing down with my legs in the ladder, oh. landing on like a planter. But like I got lucky that I didn't crack my head open or, or ribs or back or legs or whatever. Right. So um, yeah. someone was watching up for me that day. That's for sure. <laughs> so, that was that was eight or nine years ago, and I haven't had one since. And I. I don't intend to. So. Well, I, I just think it's important. Whatever you do, you just got to be comfortable with it, you know? And and that's like, yeah. I, I don't ever fault anybody who says, I'm just not comfortable, you know, with heights to, to yeah. you know, do mostly water fed or, or, you know, really limit their, their ladder work. Um, you know, like I, I really like uh, um, uh, Jeremiah Hickey, you know, he's, he's perfected yeah. is he does everything with the uh, younger zero degree, you know, from, from the ground floor. 
And, you know, and then that's, for the, for the jobs you can't, he just, he just turns them yeah. down, which I, I totally respect, you know, if that's what you, if that's what you got to do. So like, I think like all window cleaners, we're all a bit of a gear monkey in a one way we see, you know, we see something really cool, new, might, yeah. might be a little flashy and it's like, Ooh, I'll buy that. It's a new toy. Mm-hmm. It's a tool. Um, so I've spent a lot of money on, on equipment if i see something and if i have the money to buy it that makes my life easier i'll try to invest in it um so i do have a water-fed pole system which i use for commercial sake or i'll use it residential if a safety factor is is there right where it's three stories off the ground or steep roofs or even if it has a commercial amount of deck railing glass but otherwise i don't use a water-fed pole um but I'm finding the zero degree Unger channel. It wasn't that expensive, but man, it was one of the best investments I've ever made. And watching the video of you guys and the videos that you posted and tips and tricks have, have shown me how to use it because I've had zero degrees in the past when I was a relative new window cleaner, but I just used it only to access and to be able to finish off deep window frames and sills. Um, a little bit easier, but not from a pole with a fanning method, right? Mm. And uh, yeah, it's it's kept me it's kept me out of some pretty you know pretty tight situations. So nice, very cool. Yeah, well, it's I, it's I, a good tool. I always enjoy your posts. I think you have really good questions, and you're also not afraid to ask questions that maybe some others might uh, uh, be like, "Oh no, it's me make me look like I'm I'm not you know experienced or whatever." And yeah. half the time when you ask those, a hundred you know a bunch of other people, I should say hundred, but a bunch of other people come in. Yeah, I was wondering that too. So you you're a really good asset to ITF because you do open the floodgates of conversation a lot of the yeah. times, and uh, that's really helpful. Um, the, the, the reason why I wanted to have you on especially, um, is because you're, you're very open about your battle with ADHD, or I shouldn't say battle, but maybe just learning how to manage it, you know, and, and, uh, you know, you, you, you're very open about the, both the challenges, but also the, the strengths that come from ADHD. Um, I had posted recently, uh, a post just about how I've observed, that there's a, there seems to be a higher percentage than the normal population of people who ha- are ADHD and, and other things, you know, they're in, in the neurodiverse world uh, um, where they, they kind of seem to be attracted to window cleaning. And, and my personal theory is that it's, it's a, you can be a one man operation. So you can work, operate within your parameters that you set. You can kind of be, Oh, there you got a visitor. <laughs> <laughs> but so I wanted to ask you just get your input on things because you know yeah talking about ADHD seems to be controversial for some reason and and people look at it as a negative and people look at it as oh if you get a diagnosis then you're it's controlling you and um, you know, for, so I want to talk with you since you are someone who deals with, what is your thought? First of all, how would you explain ADHD to someone like myself who does not deal with those, uh, uh you know, does not think that way, um, to help us to yeah. understand the challenges? Well, it's, 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 as, as we spoke about over the phone a few days ago, it's such a, it's such a big thing and for everyone it's it's slightly different so i'm going to be trying to describe it as to how it affects me i'm by no means a specialist other than you know my experiences but also some observations i've 
I'm just made of the outside mm-hmm. world. So um, I find like, well, with conversation about it, for example, I there's a huge, huge stigma um, that's a negative for it, but there's also positive ones as well. Um, let's just go with the negative that we don't pay attention. We don't care. We're not motivated. Right. Um, you know, and, and sorry, I got to kick this guy out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Again, limiting, limiting distractions, right? That was meow, but, um, <laughs> you know, like, so, so like with those negative perceptions or that we're, we can come across as jerks too. And, you know, and there's a, pers- there's a little bit of that as well, that people just don't understand number one, what we're coping with number two, what we have. Um, but also with them, it's also patience, but also patience with ourselves. So, um, like the best way I, I could describe this is like you could be giving instructions to, to one of us, mm-hmm. right? And you'll tell us, and you told me you told someone something something specific. This is where I want you to be. Mm-hmm. This is your area area of responsibility. Meanwhile, they kind of go off, you know, <laughs> way off yeah. into their own world and do their own little thing. Yeah, just, just so, so, the, so the audience kind of knows what I so I had a, an employee who I swear yeah. had ADHD. He insists he didn't, but I would give him in directions. I'd say, okay, this is I want you to start at this window here. And then I want you to go in this direction. I would use the hand motions because I wanted to to have the visual yeah. along with the verbal. I want you to go in this direction, come around here, we're going to meet on the other side, and then we'll go inside, right? inevitably he'd go the the opposite direction he'd he'd do he he would follow like the first couple steps and then the rest of it was who knows where he would go or what he would do so i had to be flexible because i knew even though i had a plan for efficiency on that job the chances were he was not going to follow it and so that was kind of the story that i had told you yeah so like that that kind of coincides with like number one our listening skills but our input output so in my case you can give me like very clear verbal instructions and you did good with your hand signals i would totally clue in on on that one i may have a couple follow-up questions Mm -hmm. um but like for me i'm highly visual right so verbal instructions sometimes go in one ear out the other and when they're in there they kind of get spun around Mm -hmm. um and just come out just backwards or upside down right um so i may be doing the right thing i'm washing windows but again there's a much larger picture to worry about that you're thinking about that someone like myself may not necessarily see yes right Right. um and and basically like well i described this the other night was the only way i the only way i can really think of describing it to to the average person who doesn't have it is you know, like a Lego kit, for example. So just like you, you gave very clear instructions, you used hand motions, this is where you go. A Lego kit, you know, a person brings home this awesome Lego kit. They're so excited. They're like, oh my God, check out this Lego kit. So the average person and, and, you know, the person who can regulate themselves a little bit better will open the kit, they'll look at the box, toss the box aside, empty it out. There's the instructions. Then there's all the separate baggies now with the numbers for the steps and Lego books. So 
you know, the average person has no problem going opening the instructions. Oh, I need baggy one, rip it open and do it piece by piece. Whereas a lot of us and myself in particular will just be, this is where impulsivity kind of kicks in as well. We just get so excited that we're like, oh my God, Lego, rip it all open. <laughs> instructions on the ground, all the bags emptied, all the numbered bags. It's like, oh, great. And this is where your instructions, like with the hand motions and someone getting lost, all these pieces are all over the place. We know what we need to do 100%, but we don't know where to start because we right. just bury the instructions and let go. Right. So step one would be unbury your instructions in Lego <laughs> because you can at least go off of that. Right. Right. But no, because we're highly impulsive, we're highly impulsive. And also we can be impatient. Well, screw this. I'm going to go off the picture on the box. <laughs> so, so it's not that we're necessarily doing it wrong. We're just reverse engineering it right. Right. <laughs> as we're going. Right. So, um, so like for the average person, it may not be, a difficult thing to go okay i need to okay now brush the lego off these instructions organize my pieces per color into different piles or new baggies just ziplock bags then then i can kind of go from there right but with us again like at least in my case sometimes it can be really hard coming up with that step one i'll know it's there somewhere and I will be focusing on it so hard that I'll focus on the wrong priority right. or I'll go in a, if I am completely lost, I might go in the complete opposite direction until I get recentered and I bring myself back to what I need to be. Right. If that makes so, sense. It, yeah, no, that makes I'm trying to describe sense. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, when you said that to me, the other day, that really helped a lot because I, my daughter, she, she's um, autistic, but she has a lot of ADHD yeah. symptoms and she was, diagnose ADHD early on. So for the, for many years, that's what we thought we were dealing with, but yeah. it, regardless, she was exhibiting those symptoms and that was always the big, cause I'm a very logical, very orderly person when it comes, especially when it comes to completing tasks and like, just like what you said, rip open the, that's my daughter. <laughs> We'd get in a situation and okay, we're going to do this. Nope. We're going to do this, Whoosh, you know, and everything, yeah. <laughs> everything went to the, to the, to the wayside, no matter what, you know? And, and, and so it was really a challenge to me um, to do things with her because I had to let her be herself. And it was yeah. w- the way she would carry out a task or, or a, an art project or, a craft, you know, thing or whatever was the total opposite way that I would do it. And right now we're yeah. in therapy um, and we're doing group family therapy with her um, to help us with her, with her, you know, deal with her autism. And, and, and one of the things that was very helpful was we, we all are doing art, but we're all doing it yeah. separately. And it gives us the opportunity to see how we would do it. And this was the first time that yeah. my daughter had an opportunity to observe how I would do it. And she would, she is asking me questions the entire time, you know? And she's like, Papa, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, well, this is what I, this is my plan. This is, and I get to explain to her my thinking. And I think that helps her understand why sometimes I might get impatient because she could never understand why I wasn't just doing it the way she did it because she's doing it the right way. And so it's just been really eye-opening. So your your illustration of the Lego kit, I think, was spot on, at least for for helping those of us not who don't have those issues 
um, to kind of understand what, what your viewpoint is, you know, yeah. um, because I think that's a big step in getting along with someone and, and trying to, to work with someone with ADHD is just trying to put yourself through the lens of the, how they're looking at the task for sure. Yeah. And like for, for me, um, as a business owner and window washer, like, um, so when I'm in the field, I have a very particular way on how I approach jobs just so that I get my Lego pieces in order on a house or on a project. Like I always approach and I always try, you know, you have to change it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but whenever I approach like a wall of windows or a house, I try to always go left to right Mm -hmm. and whether i'm going to start on upper or lower it's left to right um part of that is is helps me be way more methodical Mm -hmm. on my approach because if i'm going left to right i'm much less likely to not to or less likely to skip over stuff yeah um whereas if you're bouncing around as you oh, know all the windows it's it's hard and I've, and I've worked with people with that and i've even done it at times too where it is so easy to skip over something and yeah, that, when you're working with someone that doesn't know where they left off or where they are what they've done what they've done it can be really hard to to pick it up or you know come in and assist them finishing that area right yeah um and like I've, I've worked with a number of individuals in the past, including, well, as I said, myself, I'm by no means innocent on this, <laughs> um, <laughs> where it's like, you know, I, I left off, then all of a sudden I skip. But that again, that's left to right motion helps me do that. But also I'm right handed and all of my tools, the applicator, squeegee, the holster, everything's on my right hand side. So as I'm pulling out, you know, everything, it's kind of flinging water all over the place. Yeah, right. It's going onto something dirty, not onto what I already clean. Cause nothing annoys me more than doing a nice job on the window. And all of a sudden you get that one rogue water spot off the edge of your scooter, <laughs> right? So, but man, um, you're, you're so right about the, the skipping. And I'm so, that's interesting that you, you kind of figured that out and you're like, okay, I'm going to just follow this rule to help me manage that because that employee I was mentioning earlier um, when I first, because he came with experience. So he had already been a window cleaner at a couple of the companies. And um, I would, I was getting callbacks and the office was like, Gabe, you were on this job. Why are we getting callbacks? And I said, I don't know. You know, and I, and I do, I do a walkthrough, you know, not a super thorough one, but I'm looking for major things. But what was happening was on the interiors, I would put him in a room and, or or an area, you know, like a, like a living room, you know, where it's, it's encompasses yeah. the kitchen and whatever. And I would say, okay, go ahead and get this done. I'm going to do over here. And then let me know when you're done. Well, what he was doing was just what you said. He'd do this window and then he'd hop over here and do this window. And then he'd yeah. come over here, this window, and he'd forget which ones he had done. And so yeah. I'd ask him, are you all done in here? And, and he honestly just did not know, but he didn't want to tell me he didn't know. So he'd say, yeah, it's all done. And then, oh, and then yeah. we get a call back. Hey, you guys skipped this window in this bedroom. And it happened about four or five times until I finally started putting the, the pieces together. I was like, oh, no, yeah. I have to work with this guy. I can't send him by himself to an area because he is incapable of keeping track of what he's done. And we're missing, yeah. we're missing windows because of that. So, um, yeah, that's that's definitely something to be aware of. So it's neat that you've kind of worked out a, a, a way to manage that. Yeah, and like when when I've trained individuals in the past, uh, when I work for someone else, um, 
I've always tried to keep in mind that number one, you know, everyone, all, all of us, well, sorry, it's raining ADHD. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> not on the forecast today. Um, so like I've always kid, I've tried to keep in mind, like all of us are beginners. Right. And when I'm training someone, I, that's number one, I don't expect them to be, you know, someone like me or you or who've had number of years experience. Um, number two, I show them my method and I try to get them to see the logic in my method. Mm-hmm. But then as they're growing as window cleaners and they start getting experience on their own, they're going to come up with their own ways that work for them. Mm-hmm. And me as a trainer, it was my responsibility to help grow that side of them. Right. Because that's what's going to make them a good window cleaner in the end is them being able to adapt and figure stuff out and do the job on their own. Yes. Um, And uh, as, as I go to hire people myself, which I've been very shy on doing for the past few years, it's my fifth year in business and I've only hired my niece as a part-time casual. Um, Part of that is, me also realizing I have to hire someone a to take a load off of me but b I have to be willing to trust someone now I'm sure all of us have kind of worked with individuals and just through life you know there's a lot of good people a lot of good bad people how do you find really good people I'm going to throw that out to anyone who's watching how do you find good people without relying on Craigslist or taking, you know, a thousand resumes, right? Like how, how do you, what's your primary way of finding them? And um, yeah, I I can share with you what we do. And I've talked to a few, it seems to be kind of be a topic of conversation right now. Um, What I do is um, when it's someone who's not, doesn't have any experience. If, if, if I need an experienced person, I'll typically look on indeed that that's my go-to site, but all of them will have their own, their own strengths and, and, and benefits. But for someone that I want to train from the beginning, um, I, 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 I do a lot of networking in town, so I know a lot of business owners. And so I will put out a blast email and say, Hey, business owner friends, just wanted to let you know, I'm, I'm looking for, uh, I have a position I'm trying to fill. Do you know of anyone that would be a good employee is dependable? Someone who you would hire if you had a spot open on your crew, you know, to take in an entry-level position. And um, I started doing that about three years ago. And I, I, every single person I've got, I still have to this day. Um, And it's, it's, it's been a really nice. Oh, wow thing because you know one you're you're not talking to friends and family because friends and family they don't always understand what it takes to be a good employee right and and also they may be trying to do a favor yeah. for one of their friends so they may recommend someone that they know is probably not a good employee but they want to yeah. help them out because they feel bad for them um but if you talk to business owners um they they don't want to refer someone to you that they really don't think is a good employee because they don't want it to look bad on them you know yeah and uh and i and i have a list of people you know whenever i do hiring there's always people who i'm like man if i had an, another position i'd hire this guy but this other person you know for whatever reason they have more experience or they have and i'll keep their name on file because in yeah. case someone asks me i can say yeah here's a list of three guys who i interviewed last time that i really liked but i just couldn't hire them yeah. And, um, you know, 
if it's too long, obviously they probably already found another job, but you know, you just never know when someone might call and and that person's looking for work. So that that's what I do. I mean, it's not a foolproof method, of course. And it also relies upon you kind of having a lot of connections in the community uh, of other business owners, but it's worked out really well for me. I mean, I've been super happy with the last three guys I've hired that way. And, um, Oh, wow. They, they, yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Like with one of the challenges that, um, that the industry up here faces a service in the, the home maintenance or service industry sales. Well, any industry is, um, we have a large, large economy based on oil. And so like, you could be a high school dropout and go work up in the oil fields and earn over a hundred thousand dollars. So, you know, that's one thing that we're competing against is like, why would they want to come and work really hard for us? Yeah. Whereas they could go get a job up in the North pushing a broom for like three times the amount of pay. Right. So that's, that's one thing that we're always competing against. And then, um, but the one thing that we have that the oil field can't compete against is other than paying really well is quality of life. We're home every day. Yes. You know, we generally set hours, like there's going to be some long days, some short days, um, some medium days, but you can plan a life around what, you know, what we're doing. Whereas when you're working in an industrial job, when I live in an industrial city, it's, They could be really hard for, you know, individuals. So that's what I try to really push when someone's like, hey, I'm looking for a I'm looking for a job. And I may not be in the position to hire, but I send them to someone who might be. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's he's much he's my former employer and he's much, much busier than I am. Um, and so he's he may need someone and always just go go talk to this individual, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) If I can't do it. So No, that's good. And that's what you should do. You should, that's your strength, right? That's your strength that you're going to be able to get the people who, yeah, you know, money is important, but more important to them is like you said, the quality of life. They want to be home with their family. Yeah. They want to, they don't want to kill themselves. You know, even if it is just pushing a broom, they don't want to have to be pushing the broom for six days a week, you know? Um, yeah. So that that's definitely going to be your attraction for sure. Yeah. So, and, and, it, and it actually kind of coincides, coincides with, why I started a business too. You asked like, like how many of us own businesses. And I've, I've, I meant to actually reach out to specialists on this just to get their two cents. But I, again, forgot short-term memory <laughs> um, that a lot of people I know who start businesses and the people I've spoken to have said that, yeah, there's probably a large degree of us who are ADD, ADHD that do start businesses. Number one is because, again, we're dealing with a Lego bag, for example, right? It's spilled out all over the place. Um, now, working for a large company, industrial-wise, uh, or construction, commercial, whatever you could be, um, you know, they expect a certain percent of um productivity and output and they want it now 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 not 10 (laughs) minutes from now as you're figuring out but they want it instantaneous right um so like a lot of us from from just discussions i've had with random people that um you know this one reason why they started a business is just for control over that so they don't have to feel like they're um under that gun of someone else 
all the time. Um, whereas if they need that extra time, they're now in charge of their schedule. They're in charge of their life. They're in charge of their day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, when I first started a window cleaning comp or when I first started as a window cleaner, I had no intention of starting my business. I had no intention of being a window cleaner for so long. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just the cards that get kind of get dealt to you. And when you kind of realize what you have, especially in this industry, when you, when you might be looking for a change and you take that change, it's not always for the best. And then it, forces you to kind of reevaluate again right so um usually yeah like i was i was working for a gentleman and he's by far one of the best bosses i've ever had my former employer um but i got burned out just from well just from working for him but also ski industry in the winter Mm -hmm. and uh you know bad relationship i needed a change up so i went to the oil industry again Mm. to work on a vac truck and hydrovac and combo units sucking water and poop that wasn't fun <laughs> um well i did grease yeah. traps so that's, that's so a close like, second of that <laughs> yeah and disposing of toxic chemicals right and exposure to chemicals and gas plants where you can die and burn up at any time it seems um so i was sitting there for about like a week for maybe two weeks three weeks and then i started evaluating like i really miss the window washing industry Again, like I was doing long days there around incredibly grumpy people mm. um, in an environment that I really didn't enjoy. And, and you, uh, you really couldn't control as well. Yeah. And, and I couldn't control. Like if I if I wanted to take a step back and scratch my head and reevaluate what we were doing, I couldn't because we had to just keep on pressing. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether it was the right way or the wrong way to do it. Uh, um. Yeah, and then at that point, I started really chewing over. I did have the thought a couple of years earlier, it just wasn't the right time. But that at that point, I really started chewing over. If I return to the window industry, do I go work for him again, which is plausible? Do I work for someone new, which wasn't appealing because that didn't work out in the past as well? Um, or do I work for myself, mm-hmm. right? And... So in total, like I've worked for three really for three companies, two are really good, one is really bad. And I started chewing over the good ones versus that bad one. And evaluating like what each one was giving me and but what more similarly, what did they all have in common? And then that's when I decided, you know what, I'm gonna start, I think I'm gonna start my own business. I'm gonna give it a shot. Nice. Right. So I have that control over my schedule, over my life. And if I'm going to succeed, it's under my own terms now, no one else's. If I fail, it's under my own terms and my own mistakes and no one else's, right? So, um so yeah no it's uh, I, i've it's heard been that a journey <laughs> yeah i've heard that phrase be, uh, as well from other people who have adhd um is, is that what they is it's under their terms and again i you know i mentioned about yeah. the control um i know with my daughter sorry my daughter she has sensory issues so when yeah. we go you know and it's funny because when we went to disneyland for the first time she was like four or five and she absolutely loved it just had a yeah. blast wore a princess dress right got to go on the ride she wanted just had a blast we went later i think she was eight years old at this time 
a totally different experience. She had to end up going home. My wife had to take her back to the hotel around noontime um, because, and, and we didn't realize it was sensory at the time, but it was, that's what yeah. it was. It was an overload of, of the sounds and, and the colors and all the people and the background noise. Yeah. And it just, it just overwhelmed her. And that, that was yeah. one of the first signs that we just didn't recognize at first. But I think with a lot of people who are dealing with ADHD, they have that ability to control their environment to a, to a certain extent, you know, yeah. um, and, and they can you, tune it out. <laughs> you can pick your customers, right. You can pick the customers yeah. who like you, <laughs> you know, and, and, and instead of the ones who maybe are, are a little high strong and get frustrated with, with certain symptoms of ADHD. Um, but that control is important because you can actually enjoy the same type of work that you might not enjoy were it in a more controlled environment or where you lack, lack the control of the environment, like maybe working for yeah. an employer who set rules or set specific uh, um, deadlines or whatever that are difficult for you to, to meet, you know? So I, I, yeah. I find, I find that that's, that seems to be one of the the driving factors in starting their own business. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, well, and like with, with myself and the way that you mentioned your daughter has sensory issues. Um, I've got a form of it too. And, and a lot of us do and it's and people accuse of uh, accuse us of not paying attention. And we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that we're paying attention to everything around us at the same time. Yes. So, you know, you could be giving us instructions on, you know, that individual that got lost with you. Um, but, you know, I could be looking over here at, you know, the dog barking, a kid is screaming behind us, um, you know, and then just plus noises and flashing lights, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, we're trying to listen intently to you, but we're also unintentionally listening and watching intently everything else around us. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and for me, like my best friend are, ear, are noise canceling headphones. I absolutely love those. Um, my, daughter has sure these things daughter my daughter has these things called loops, which are yeah. earbuds, but they don't, they're not totally noise canceling. What they do is they, they minimize the background noise to allow her to be able to focus. So she wears them for school because yeah. uh, that was a big problem in school was she was trying to listen to the teacher, but she couldn't because little noises that I would never even pay attention to. I'm totally blocking them out. I don't even know they're yeah. there are like huge or like it's like happening right behind her head and that's made a huge difference with her so anytime we go to the store we go where there's a lot of crowds she has her loops on and that helps them helps the the situation to be a little bit more tolerable for her yeah and 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 for me just having the sound dampened with headphones um it just helps me helps me stay focused but also in a good mood too because then i'm not also getting bombarded by all this Mm -hmm outside noise that you know the atypical person could can filter out much easier than we can and i i think that's where a lot of people misunderstand us that we in some cases have a hard time just filtering and paying attention and there's a good chance that again if you're talking to us and if we're looking a little spaced out we're listening to you but we're also looking over your shoulder at the birds flying around right yeah and then wondering like what color are the feathers or something just completely yeah. random. Um, 
Yeah, no. And like, it's, and like from an operational side, it's, it can be challenging to keep myself still kind of going in that circle, as I mentioned, um, from the behind the scenes, the planning and the scheduling can be a little bit of a very big nightmare as well. Not nightmare, but, um, a bit of a challenge like well for example a couple weeks ago i was doing a lot of heavy booking a lot of people were coming into the schedule a few people came in and they changed their mind and leave right we've all seen you know the wave go back and forth in that wave i realized oh crap i deleted someone i don't know who they were i found that i saw the space but i didn't realize it and all my random clicking around because i was doing editing on my phone on my tablet on the computer i'm like what previous say version do I go back to that isn't going to screw me up even more? Right. right? So I accidentally deleted a person from the schedule. Now that person's booked today. <laughs> yeah. And I was really, I kept her. Oops. I, I was really keeping today open. Um, the only plan I had was you and then, you know, doing this flow cast and then some, uh, just some errands. Right. So thank God she called me early in the morning and then we came up with a new plan. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I really stupid me. I booked her early spring and I always send follow-up emails with the date, but it's so early in the spring my brain wasn't kicking in mm-hmm. and I didn't send her that confirmation of date. But would have done again, that simple step that I'm doing now, it wouldn't have been an issue. I just refer to, you know, sent emails. Oh, there that yes. person is. And then put them back in. Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah so so like my adhd days may not heavily affect me the day of but downwind it can right and then um well i was up out pretty early last night doing my neighbors for example and um so i washed all their stuff i dropped all my tools in my garage but i still had a little work had to catch up on yesterday we forgot to get some screens removed from the inside that only pull Mm. from the inside so I arranged with the homeowner. He pulled them last night. I drive 15 minutes out to this house in the country, jump out. I'm like, oh, really? What are your tools? I forgot my bucket, my squeegee, <laughs> my soap, my work belt on the floor of my garage where I last oh, no. dropped it. So I'm like, okay, I got enough gear in my car. I could probably pull this off. Because there's only literally six two-by-two window panes all the way around the house that I had yeah. to do. I'm like, I'll just go off my reserve soap. That's no big deal. I got a spare bucket in the back that I use as a bit of a toolbox, a drop box. Then I realized, wait a minute, that was a spare soap in my bucket in the garage. Oh. So <laughs> it's like now back to square one. Again, Lego pieces kind of scatter all over the place. Back to square one, have to drive all the way home. Just to grab some stuff all the way back and then do the 10 minutes or less of work and then drive all the way back again oh. right so you know <laughs> yep yep um, so that that's a bit of the organization and the noise all kind of kicking in all at once yeah. today right when yes. um it was a mistake that i realized i made a few days ago when i was very focused on what i was doing mm-hmm. but i couldn't find the solution right so yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's a couple thing I wanted to touch on um, before we get out of this this topic. But before we go yeah. on, I just re- again really want to make sure it's 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 uh, um, uh, highlighted because 
this is the number one misunderstanding and certainly a misunderstanding that I had with ADHD is the, the general feeling is when someone, like you said, when, when someone is staring um, that they're not paying attention. And yeah. so the, the tendency is to tell them, well, you know, if you, if you could just focus, then yeah. you know, you're, you're, all of your problems would be solved if you would just stop daydreaming and thinking about something else. But that was one of the things that the counselor told us was it's not that they are not paying attention. It's that they have too many things to pay attention to. And it's yeah. hard for, it's hard for them. And, and that's an important distinction. I, I remember I went through, um, it was for dementia. It wasn't for ADHD or, or autism, but it was like a kind of, it, it was to help you understand what a person with dementia was going through as they age. And, and yeah. You, you basically put on like clothes that cause pain. Like you, there was like little things that's that you stepped on in your shoes. And there was, you know, a real brace of clothes that you put on to understand because they were very sensitive to, to their, to their clothes, but the noise, yeah. that was the hard thing. They would, it was, the sounds were so loud because you wore a headset and you were just, all you were asked to do was to fold some clothes and put yeah. away some dishes. And it was so hard to do that with everything blaring in your ears. And then yeah. they'd have a siren go by or a knock on the door that was like really loud in your ear and you it, it scared you. And um, I just had such a respect for people going through um, dementia and Alzheimer's because that's their life, you know? And it's like, no wonder they're yeah. slow. It's not because their motor skills have slowed down or their brain has slowed down. It's that the stimulation has increased. And it's yeah. hard to separate all of these things that that kind of are at the same level uh, um, to to be able to distinguish what's the important thing I need to focus on, and then to remember that thing because there's so much stimulation continually, you know, bombarding you, and and I I use that to kind of inform myself of what my daughter's going through, um, and, and try to to be patient with that that it's not that they're not paying attention. It's just that they're, it's hard for them to deal with all, they, they pay attention to way more things than what we pay attention to. And, and um, that's where the, the, the challenge is, you know, but I, yeah. I did want, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. If you want to say something on that. No, no, <laughs> no, you, 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 you described it actually very, you know, very accurately from my understanding of it, how it affects me, but also how, it affects other people, right? So, so, so the the thing I wanted uh, to get into was you had mentioned before about impulsivity, and and the challenge that yeah. that has with running a business. Um, could you talk a little bit about that, and also how that does have a tendency to lead into substance abuse amongst those with ADHD? Um, and yeah, and your experience with that, because I know it's been something that has affected you. Um, yeah. So. So like with, with being, with, sorry, I'm having a hard time finding my words um, with, with it. Like we do have a big degree of impulsivity. So it could be, you know, like you, in, in the case of the individual that you worked with, you told him what to do. He's kind of going all over the place. That could also be fueled by impulsivity. Well, I feel like going here, 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 he's not too sure how to control that impulse all the way around. Right. So with the impulsivity, it can, it can lead to 
um, and be incorporated with like re- just really messy spending habits. That's mine. I tend to eat out way too much and lack of planning, you know, um, I blow a lot of money on junk food. <laughs> um, so like, yeah. And then, or taking just really risky behaviors. So in the case of window cleaners, um, we're working at height. All like for the majority of our, our day, we're probably on ladders one way or another. So curbing that impulse of that one windows right there, I can go at it safe from ladder or I could do a walkout, right? It's faster to just do a walkout maybe than to do a ladder setup. So heck, I'm just going to do the walkout straight out. You know, you just put yourself at extreme risk opposed to minimal risk from ladder. Right. And I've seen guys do that where, um, you know, just impulse to just go out and go. So like one of the ways I curb that is it's like, I look at it and go just because I could, doesn't mean I should. Hmm. Right. It keeps me safe. Um, but also with the impulsivity too, right. Like as mentioned drugs, I've never have experimented with drugs. I'll drink a little, but not, a case of beer will last me months. Um, but with ADD, ADHD, all that noise that we talked about earlier, all that clutter, all that disorganization, the Lego kits spilled all over the place. A lot of people have a hard time regulating that. And they will turn towards substance abuse, whether alcohol, marijuana. Marijuana is apparently a big one. Um and when I got reevaluated before I went back for some post-secondary education as an adult, um, the doctor asked me, he was like, have you ever done alcohol, drugs, self-medication? And I said, no, across the board. I'm fully honest on this. And he looked at me. He's like, are you <laughs> lying to me? I'm like, no, why would I lie about that? He's like, because statistically speaking, the rate, is really high amongst us who are self-medicating right and i've seen it amongst some friends older friends that i'm no longer in contact with um you know older peer groups i've seen it in whistler i saw it all the time how um you know drugs are having an inverse effect on someone's life and they may think they're so, and especially up here in Canada, marijuana is legal across the country. So people may not realize what it, how it can impact their life, their motivation, their train of thought, their judgments, um, how they're interacting with people, um, but more importantly, how they're treating themselves too, right? And um, yeah, and like it's, it's a really interesting subject to read in on because I've read in on it and I forget the exact, exact statistics. I won't even go into that because I'll get, I'll get it wrong. But like, if anyone's interested, read into the statistics of ADD, ADHD and substance abuse. So like, if anyone is like, Oh wow. Yeah. I have ADHD and I smoke a lot of pot. It's a potential self-medication thing. Now, we also really like stimulants. So in a lot of our cases, this stuff like coffee really have a big impact on us. Whereas the atypical person who's not ADHD, you'll drink a cup of coffee and get wired. You'll go up with us. It brings us down. Really? Right. 
yeah. So I didn't know this until again, a Whistler, there's a big mountain bike festival called Crankworks. Um, and they're sponsored by energy drinks. This for a few years, they're sponsored by monster and they're giving away cans of monster energy drinks for like one penny, one wow. cent. Uh-huh. So my buddy and I were like, we both were working in the bike park. We, and it's, even though it's like a super busy week mountain biking, we weren't busy as guides and coaches there. So we're just walking around and we're like, well, let's just get a whole bunch of monsters. So I think we each had like four or five monsters back to back just to see what would happen. First of all, we're probably went diabetic on that day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But then it's like, my friend is ricocheting off of walls. He's like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's go ride. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then there's me. I'm going to go home and have a nap. <laughs> right? And it was, it was the weirdest thing. And my friend even described it not too long ago as like, yeah, go have energy drinks to to put yourself to sleep. Right? Like, that's um, and then that's when I started looking into a little bit more. Like, caffeine brings us down. Right. So, so, so I wonder what the reason for that is. I'm not sure. It's huh. something neurochemical, right? Let's look into that. That's interesting. Yeah. And it, 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 that was a really fun day, mind you. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the days to remember. It was, it yeah. was a good, that entire week was actually a fun week. Yeah. Um, well, I, I just but, think it's, I think it's important to know that, that like you said about the substance abuse, because um, if you do have ADHD, I think it's just being aware that that's a possible danger can kind of help, you know, obviously, like you mentioned with marijuana, it's legal in a lot of areas. So that's, you know, everyone's got a different view on that, but to do something where it's, it's dangerous and you're putting yourself in position to, to harm yourself, or maybe, you know, you're using, you're getting up on a ladder while your, your yeah. you know, senses are inhibited. I mean, there's a lot of dangers there. So just being aware that this, if you you know, are, do have ADHD, that's, that may be a, a, a warning sign just to be alert yeah. to, and, and to, to pre- kind of do your best to protect yourself from, from those bad decisions for sure. Absolutely. And like, as I mentioned, I've never done it, but then I look back at my life, my, my younger life where I was highly impulsive and highly dangerous was the sports world and mm. sports activities. We, we cause, I spoke about teen sports. I lost you there for a second, Chris. You, you uh, muted yourself. I, I used to do dumb things on really dumb things on a mountain bike and on skis, mm-hmm. and um, and just like I was after a rush, you could say like that adrenaline, which is again mm-hmm. like it spikes you, right? Right, right. And not only that, is also a bit of a, it was it was a hyper focus that I didn't realize was impacting me when when it was so like even though i've never done a drug or alcohol living in a town like whistler where you've got year-round mountain biking year-round skiing year-round um you know just year-round adrenaline really mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. when you wake up until the moment you decide to stop um that in itself is addictive and a drug and that that's how sense. i yeah that's how i coped with it was my environment again control environment interesting, interesting. environment right Wow. Huh. And then when, oh, oh, sorry. Good. Well, and when you look at, I'll use professional skier, well, and professional mountain bikers, um, the guys are in the Red Bull movies, 
who are really pushing the limits on mountain biking and skiing and snowboarding, um, I bet you if most of them got evaluated, they're probably in the ADD, ADHD spectrum easily. Yeah. Um, I saw it in Whistler all the time. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. But I think that that kind of leads us to the next point I wanted to talk about was the strengths that come from ADHD. And you mentioned hyper-focusing. So share a little bit about how the ability to hyper-focus is a, can be a benefit to, to being a business owner, or like you said, even just any type of passion that you might have um, and, and having that ability to, to hyperfocus can help you to excel in areas that maybe someone who's not uh, um, neurodiverse uh, might struggle with. Well, hyperfocus again affects people, all of us, a little bit differently, right? So, um, primarily, like with myself and other people I know who are ADD, ADHD, um, it kind of focuses on on our interests or our hobbies, right? So, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, I mentioned this over the chat before. Um, when I was a kid, I had a really hard time coping and understanding what was going on. No one really explained to no one explained at all what was happening to me. They watered it out. And, uh, anyway, that was a bit of an issue with my parents there. They were, they'd always sugarcoat stuff. Right. Um, so for a bit of a coping mechanism and escapism, I went, and this is why I like Star Trek. There's the model there, model there. Mm-hmm building one back there and you can't see them but they're all around me too uh from when i built as a kid and a few up there um but when i was a kid i memorized the whole entire star trek the next generation technical manual front wow. to back. and then also the same thing with the original series front to back didn't find that one as interesting as you know the next generation with picard yeah, yeah. and the the it looked as well the new series portrayer it's the fat ship um but yeah so like i was really capable learning and understanding that um now i had teachers also picking up on that and they were the good teachers um picked up on it and they totally weaponized it against Mm. me to get these i i lost all motivation to school i was very young i was you know eight to 11 somewhere in there i was struggling really bad falling behind the kids and i knew i was um but i had a really big interest in star trek and one of the good teachers i had um he was the first one to spot it he weaponized it against me to get me to learn science and understand (laughs) science Uh right um so like and i realized okay well star trek is make believe but then at the same time if we keep and this is one reason why i really liked it if we keep pushing towards this in another 500 years where could we be with humanity right so that thing that really appealed to me but then also the other spectrum this is sad and i mentioned this on my phone the other night that in a world like star trek no matter what's wrong with you they can fix it yeah so like it is it is a bit of a hard subject for me to talk about i'm actually kind of struggling to control my emotion because it's it's awakening some feelings that i i've had about myself and my Mm -hmm. self-esteem that in a world like star trek they would have been able to fix me Mm they point you know the they point whatever beam at my head boom done fixed right Mm -hmm. so there's also that too but more importantly it didn't matter in that show who you were 
you're accepted. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, no hyper-focus. I knew everything about Star Trek and I hyper-focused on mountain biking, on ski instructing for a long time. Um, some had most, most of them had really positive impacts, Mm -hmm. both some had not so positive impacts, but then also mixed impacts, right. On just motivation and life on where to go. And, um, you know, like it's and like with the hyper focusing, if you've got an employee that's ADD, ADHD, you can again send them to work, and they can you again if you can get them starting where you want them to start, they'll just keep going until either they get exhausted and drop, or until the job's done. Yeah. Um, so like our personalities, when you look at ADD, ADHD, and our hyper focus, our adaptability, everything. Um, that's why you also see a lot of police officers, police officers, firefighters, um, fighter pilots, special forces. Any of those is because we're able to hyper focus and channel wow, all that into. It, it's it's hard to describe into. You can say one of our superpowers, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but then again, hyper focus. This is where, say, your employee may have had issues too. Um, he may have been hyper focusing, but on the wrong priority mm-hmm. the sequence, mm-hmm. right? And so, and I get stuck on that all the time. And when I get stuck on hyper focus, and I'm realizing I'm hyper focusing in the wrong priority, I will stop. I will slow myself down. Maybe not go back to square one, but I'll stop and try to do that reevaluation. Yeah, of where I am, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Chris, um, you you brought up something really, and I know you said you you get kind of emotional thinking about it. I get emotional as a as a father thinking about my daughter, and and it was really brought out in the discussion in, in ITF. Um, it's it's the difference between do we fix or change someone who is ADHD or or autistic or or you know a number of the different things that come in that category, or yeah. are we are we accepting them? And, and letting them yeah. to live their life as their brain wants them to live, you know, and man, it's such a, I, I cause I, I do respect a lot of the voice, you know, and some, some were commenting in there as well saying, well, you know, the brain is powerful. It has the ability to change. If we, if we work with it, there's methods, you know, um, and I know within the autistic community, um, the, there has been a big pushback because there was a, a huge, you know, most of the, of the, the treatments for autism, you know, back from, from the, the seventies and eighties and on to today was about change was about fixing. Yeah. And as those children came into adults, there was a big backlash. Cause they're like, you know what, there ain't nothing wrong with me. This is just the way how, this is how I am. Um, just, t- just give me the tools necessary to function with how I am rather than trying to make me change. Um, because that, you know, if you're telling someone they need to change, you're sending a, a message saying they're not good enough um, yeah. or there's something wrong. And that message, I think, has been very damaging to so many young people growing up, wondering why they couldn't oh. do the same things that other their classmates are doing. And, and had they received the message of, hey, you just think differently. That's all. Let's figure out how you can you know, still function and, and use those use those differences to your advantage. 
Um, yeah. which I think is it's moving towards now. I think there's 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 definitely a change in, in attitudes, but it would have saved a lot of heartache for young people. And and I think even adults now are still dealing with the effects of that, you know, of that mentality growing up. Yeah. Yeah, no, abs- absolutely. And like, um, and nothing sucks more than either having that family member or a friend, someone close to you who doesn't understand. They're like, I need you to change this, this, and this. When you can't change, they can't. And they also have to recognize they can't fix you. Right? Yeah. Um, and like, as as an individual, and especially as an adult, I'm responsible for myself and trying to coach myself through it. Um, and when I need help, I ask for help. And as, you know, as a parent, then it's, you know, you're guiding your kid through, you know, your daughter through what she's experiencing, what you guys are experiencing. Um, and the biggest thing that my parents gave me was they sent me to a special school that taught me a lot of coping mechanisms, how to adapt to, I didn't realize they were doing this at the time, but you know, how to adapt to those outside changes. Now, do the coping mechanisms always work? No, they fall apart sometimes depending on what's going on in my day. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they gave me important tools. that came that come in really handy as, as an adult and especially as a business owner. Yeah. Um, to do and uh you know and but yeah the the hardest part is when you have someone who's not even willing to help you through it and then they make you feel like a big garbage right so yeah yeah and and i think parents especially we have that responsibility to give our children one the best tools they can to to you know manage but at the same time, make sure that their psyche and their sense of individuality and, and yeah. who they are at their heart still comes through and that they, the child knows they approve of that and they love them for who they are and they love them yeah. for, for what they love, you know? Um, and, and that's, that's how they, that's how they, they use that field to navigate, you know, through the rest of their life. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's good that um, more people know about that. And I think that's why I really wanted to have you on. And, and yeah, you know, I mean, you, no one ever wants to be the spokesman for an entire <laughs> bunch of people, but I think being a window cleaner, being a business owner and, and having gone through that, you, you gave really good insight to help those of us who are, are not um, Absolutely. ADHD to kind of have a better understanding, maybe have more patience with our friends who, who do and, and uh, uh, you know, maybe it'll just smooth things over a little bit. Well, and like with, and, and with anyone who suspects they're in the spectrum, ADD, ADHD, and they've never been evaluated and they're like, well, you know, they're like, well, maybe I have because unfortunately like with social media, it's becoming a very popular thing to self-diagnose. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if, if they're like, wow, okay. Like, what we may said here may have made sense or what they're seeing on social media has made sense. Um, I would, I would recommend anyone go for that self-diagnosis, try to make it happen. I'm not too sure how you hook up it in the United States, but in Canada, a general uh, practitioner can help you hook it up um, to get diagnosed. And um, you know, and if you've got 
suspicion or like, well, why do I do this? Why do I do that? It could be a very powerful self-awakening tool of yeah. self-discovery going, uh, huh. that's why I've always been the most imp- impulsive when impatient person in yeah. in the world, right? And I would highly recommend anyone go for that. Yeah. For that and, diagnosis. And I, and I do, you know, get the argument. Like I, I, some people were saying, Oh, don't, don't, well, don't get a diagnosis because then you're, you're boxing yourself in. And I, I totally yeah. get that reasoning, but with our experience, it was exactly like what you just said for my daughter. It was an empowerment yeah. because it helped to explain why she was feeling these things. Cause she, she honestly thought something was wrong with her. And she honestly yeah. thought like there, she was beyond being yeah. fixing and it just affected her, her, you know, her, how she felt about herself, her, her self-respect, you know, her, her views of the future. She, she really had no hope for the future until yeah. there was an explanation. Hey, you're, you're this, you know, it's like someone's being, you know, thinking they're a bird and then they're, Hey, you're a duck. Oh, well, that's why I like to be in the water all the time. Oh, that's why I like to do this. Oh, well, that, well, Hey, nothing wrong with being a duck. I'm just not a bird. That's okay. You know, or or, like, so, so it's just with my daughter, it it was such a a powerful thing for her and it actually gave her self-confidence. So um, obviously everyone has to make their own decision on how they want to approach their situation. But I just, for, for my daughter's experience and, and like for you, what she's just said, getting the diagnosis sometimes just answers so many questions and it takes the burden of um, why aren't you like this off of your, off of your shoulders. And it puts it on a different mantle that is, is much easier to, to be able to, to handle it, you know? So. Yeah, anyhow. absolutely. And like, okay. it, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I was done. Well, like in, in, in my case, like, as I said, I've been diagnosed since I was a little kid, but no one did a good job explaining what it was to me. It wasn't until I was in my twenties. Um, and that you could say my coping mechanisms weren't 100% sharpened yet as well, because I was so used to having supports through school. Um, I was a pr- part of cadet, a cadet organization. Um, so all of that kind of wasn't there. And uh, I joined the military, got in trouble in the military due to my lack of paying attention, ironically. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, and I decided, you know what, the military is not for me, partial to that, but also I just don't want to be involved in war, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so once I got out, it's just like I was bouncing around quite a bit. Um, at this stage, I was, I, I want to say 22 or 23. I can't remember how old I was. Um, going in and out of the trades, I was losing jobs like crazy. And they'd always pull me aside and say, you've got really good work ethic. You're always here. You always want to work, except you're not learning as fast as other apprentices. You're not, it seems like you're not always there, right? You're there, but you're not there. Mm -hmm. Um, you've just got really strong work ethic, but we need people who can keep up with the other people other first and second year apprentices therefore now oh sorry we're gonna have to let you go Mm. and so i didn't know what the hell was going on with me i always knew i had add the issue but i didn't realize it's that i went to an employment counselor ran her through what i did and she looked back at me and she's like are you adhd 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 i'm like yes she's like okay 
And at this point, I was already looking at doing some post-secondary um, courses in tourism, actually. And she's like, you're going to get evaluated before you go to that course. Wow. I'm like, okay. So she pulled the strings. And this guy had like months long, if not years long, waiting list. And I got sharked in. Wow. And that employment uh, counselor, you could say, effectively changed my life. Because Look at that. I'm going to be... I'm going to be honest with you with with what was going on with me, like depression and ADHD kind of go their hand in hand yeah. because of everything that's been dealing with. Yes. With what I was going through, I don't think I would have made it out of my twenties. Yeah. I'll, I'll, it took me a long time to acknowledge and talk about that, but it, and that dark tunnel that I was starting to kind of transfix into a little bit, um, but I don't think I would have made it out of my 20s. And the one thing that helped me stay out of that was, again, mountain biking and sports, mm-hmm. right? Because it was a positive outlet um, yeah. for it. So, no, it's yeah. uh, it's amazing what you're doing for your daughter. Like, I've got so much respect for you guys Yeah, on, well, on we, how you're approaching her and how you're approaching yourselves too, right? So, yeah, it, it, it just, you know, like, man, you... you you said so much of what we we're going through too, because, you know, like you, I think earlier you had said about with parent is like, you, you can't fix your child. Right. And, and that was, yeah. you know, your, your child breaks their arm, you take them to a doctor, you get it, you get a cast and it, and it gets healed. You know, they get sick, you go take them to the doctor, they get antibiotics or, you know, whatever. And then they feel better. And, and we were at the point where we're like coming to the realization, you know, this is before we knew she had autism or she was autistic, I should say, um, that we're not going to be able to fix her daughter. We thought this was just depression related to ADHD and to have your t- young, you know, preteen daughter talking about such dark things. It just, yeah. man, is this my life? You know, is this going to be our life? Our parent as parents doing our best just to try and keep our daughter alive. And I don't think when people nonchalantly talk about struggles with ADHD or, or talk about struggles with any other type of neurodiverse issues. And they say things that are flippant, like, well, you know, if you would just focus, if you could just do this, or if you could just be stronger mentally, you don't know what impact that has on someone who already has depression is already tried their whole life to change and hasn't been able to. And now someone just throws it out there you know, well, if you would just be a stronger mentally person, you know, mental person, then you could overcome this. It's just, it's like daggers, you know? And so we just have to be real careful yeah. about that and, and uh, respect the fact that uh, if a person says they have ADHD, they've probably fought a battle that you just have no clue about, you know, and just have that understanding um, so that they can know that you're a safe person to talk to and spend time with, you know, that you're not going to, expect them to be something they're not and uh yeah you know they can they know they can be themselves which is that's all anybody wants right yeah no exactly um yeah no and it's uh you know having the supports in place and Mm -hmm. doing exactly what you're doing is is going to help her and if as i mentioned if anyone else feels they need to need to go get evaluated it's a really good self-discovery tool as an adult because like there's a big misconception too, that we grow out of ADD, ADHD, you grow out of it. That's kind of, that's misconception from really old studies done yes. like decades ago. Yeah. Um, 
but we actually don't. We, in the case of ADD, ADHD, you can grow out of the hyperactivity part. That's what I grew out of, but it can manifest again as impulsivities, as weird. Well, let's just say impulsivities. We'll just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. It can it can manifest itself as impulsivities. So reckless spending, or if you're going to gravitate towards substances, um, you know, so. Or just really just weird decision making. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, it's well, uh, Chris. Uh, thank you so much for talking with us about this. Uh, we're we're way over time, but I think it was you had yeah, some sure. important things that were said, and um, just thank you so much for being so open about it and being willing to talk about such sensitive things. Um, I, I I hope that this interview will one help people who are who don't understand ADHD to understand a little better. But um, also uh, those who do have it to maybe hearing someone else express what you expressed, maybe it might make them feel a, a little more heard, you know, and feel like they're not alone. So um, especially in, in ITF specifically, but in the window cleaning community as a whole. So anyhow, yeah, thanks so much, sure. if, if, if anyone need, just wants to talk about it, give me a reach out i'm more than willing to you know just to just to chat to them about it if they're if they're feeling like they're in there and they're like oh man i don't know if i want or not then um you know i'm i'm open to i'm open to talking to other people if if they want right so you guys have a big support for me for me starting my business and it's how i can try and pay forward nice that's really the only way i can think of how i can pay forward so Um, awesome. Yeah, no, again, thank you. I do appreciate it. Thank you, bud. All right, Chris, well, you take care. You have a great day. Thank you, Flomies, for listening. Uh, I know this was a little bit longer than we normally do, but man, it was just some, some important material in here that uh, need to be said. So uh, you guys take care. You have a great weekend. And as always, flow on.